Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So hot. What's happening, guys? Happy Thursday. Yep, a bonus show. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking some training camp storylines we're overlooking. And I have a special guest. Uh, my guest is actually someone who works behind the scenes for us over at Player Profiler, but someone I've got to spend a little bit more time with the last couple of weeks as He's a behind-the-scenes guy at Player Profiler, but someone I enjoy talking football with. He loves Dynasty. He loves fantasy football just as much as we do. He is none other than producer Kevin. Kevin, what's up, buddy? What's up, Memphis? How we doing, man? I'm glad to join you here on a lovely Wednesday night. Uh, ready to talk some football. It's, it's the best time of year, man. Best time of year. A lot of stuff going on, and I was listening to this because... Some of the best ideas I get for shows and bonus shows and stuff like that come from other podcasts. And I was listening to a show the other day, and they and none of these really translate to Dynasty, but I thought to myself, how can I translate this back to Dynasty? And they were talking about training camp storylines that aren't getting enough run. So here's the scoop. I've got six or so of these to do. Kevin and I are going to get through as many as we can. We might have to come back and do this again next week. Because the schedule is going to look a lot like this. So first of all, the fantasy football fellas are back. That's right. One of the very first podcasts that I ever listened to when I started consuming fantasy football podcasts, especially Dynasty stuff, even though they're a redraft show, were my boys. And I say that with all sincerity, two really good friends, Seth and Kyle. It is so good to hear these guys back on the podcast. And to think that they're on our podcast feed just makes me incredibly proud because it's I really think it's the best redraft podcast out there and to hear these guys back together after three years feels so good so they'll be in this Thursday spot going forward the reason why I'm in Thursday today is because I told the folks on the player pro, uh, player profiler podcast easy for me to say a lot of peas there that, lot, that, lot that going on pop 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 you know <laughs> But I told the people on the Player Profiler podcast, see, you slow down, it works okay, that there would be a bonus DWZ today. So that's what we're going to have. We're going to have a bonus DWZ. We're going to have the Fantasy Football Fellas tomorrow. We'll be back with the guys from the Dynasty War Games on Monday. 
the war zone on Wednesday, and then Seth and Kyle will slide into that Thursday spot throughout the month of August. And maybe me and producer Kevin or Dallas or somebody will jump on and go bonus content. So we're going to have a lot of shows on this feed for the month of August. So um, two YouTube channels. Check us out on Player Profiler Sunday nights for now. Uh, that's the show you produce, Kev. A lot of work, work behind the scenes, keeping me and Jerry in, in line. It's it's a lot of work, but it's you know it's hard work and it's good hard work and I enjoy hard work. So it's you can't beat it. Uh, hard work, they say, is its own reward. This is I can confirm this. It's in, it's a lovely time. You guys are the best in the business. Well, I uh, you're not wrong, but I do appreciate the, <laughs> the the kind kind words. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one second and tell you about something that I've been using. Let me run a quick timeout for my new friends at AG1. Now, AG1 is something that I've given a try because I'm a gym bro, but I'm also a meathead, and I needed something to round out that gym bro lifestyle. And I did it because I hate the taste and texture of the foods that I would have to eat in order to get what I get from AG1. AG1 is setting me up with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients, supports my energy, gives me focus, strength, and clarity. AG1 has a broad spectrum of micronutrients and phytonutrients to keep the body nourished all day long. Now, I drink my AG1 in the middle of the afternoon. I reach for the AG1 as opposed to another cup of coffee in the afternoon or another energy drink. AG1 supports the energy that I need throughout the day without the caffeine crash. And I love caffeine, but this is my new little habit that delivers big benefits in an area that I need. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. Now, Go to drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. That's drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. Check it out. There is links in the show notes. All right, that was a word from AG1. And guys, that is the real deal. I've been taking this stuff for about 45 days. And I gotta be honest, you know, they you know, they they mentioned the skin and the and the hair and the nails. For me, it's the skin. Like I I feel I don't know less dry, but my gut health's better, got more energy in the afternoon. So if you're looking to give it a try, ag1.com forward slash dynasty. I've never recommended something that I'm not personally using or have used before. So check out AG1. You see the little uh, the little logo on the upper right-hand corner of the podcast. But uh, let's get into this, man. Uh, people are not getting away with bullshit just because it's a bonus show, Kevin. We do, in fact, have Good people, bad tweets. Now, I was cruising the strip today. And, uh, you know, because sometimes good people, bad tweets find me, meaning the listeners of this podcast, the listeners of the Player Profiler podcast, they'll send me tweets. And my DMs are wide open, like Jerry's butt cheeks. And, oh. and, and, and that's at DWZ Memphis. DMs wide open. You can DM me there. You can, anything that you see, that that you think needs uh needs addressing as it relates to fantasy football. I got you. Mike, Mike in the chat wants to hear it. So it's a bonus show, Mike, for you, baby. Sure. The Crip Mac on hood. On hood, Mike. Yeah, that's right. If you if, if you get caught slipping, 
in these uh is it, is it still twitter we always have this conversation i've, I've yet to decide like if you search it it's still twitter.com i'm calling it twitter until I, i'm not allowed to call it twitter anymore i refuse to go to the x for now i might change we'll see twitter.com mm-hmm. still works you know, I'm going to make that a commitment for next week's bonus show. Maybe we'll get you to come back. I'll get the drop from uh, DMX without being uh, – we're not a monetized YouTube channel, so they can't demonetize what isn't monetized, so fuck them. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that next week. Well, X is going to give it to you, but uh, this was found on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, and this one's from Nick's Fantasy Football, and his handle is at Dynasty Fields SF. So clearly a Bears fan, or at least a Justin Fields fan, as that's his logo, and uh, that's the, the the handle. And uh, Nick got a little ahead of himself, and he was retweeting a tweet from Ari Mayrov, and, and Ari's a pretty known guy out there, and Ari tweeted that the Saints are planning to sign Kareem Hunt and Anthony Barr pending passing physicals. And, of course, Nick said, to all y'all who told me I'm an idiot for saying Kendra is not that guy, how y'all feeling right now? I'd like my apologies in the comments. Gang, this is what I call someone telling on themselves. Nick is not in this to help you with fantasy football. It might be like his, you know, fantasy football journey. It could be like a blog. It could be like, you know, follow me, as I, too, am bad at fantasy football. And we'll bring you along with me if you follow me. That's what I took from this. He, he's in this for the clout. He's in this for the chasing of, of social media status. I don't get it. First of all, Kendra is that guy. And Kendra is that guy that's going to be a fantasy buy in about three weeks, four weeks. Yep. Probably eh, yeah, like week two of the NFL season feels about right. Because, you know, Jamison Williams, excuse me, uh, Jamal Williams, the other Williams, uh, both formerly of Detroit, one's playing because, well, he's in New Orleans, the other one's suspended because, well, he gambles. But but Jamal Williams will be running as the lead back in New Orleans. But Kendra should be mixed in, and then Kamara will come back. And, you know, I think the Saints see themselves as contenders, which is the whole reason why they had Kareem Hunt in in the first place. And they don't want to be without their, you know, one of their best weapons. And I think the Saints, I believe last I checked, they are the the Vegas odds on favor in winning this division. So it only makes sense. But no matter what, Kareem Hunt is going to be the the speed bump if he signs in New Orleans. And whether he's the third string or the the fourth string or whatever, I want Kendra Miller. And I, I think he's going to be a good back for this team. And you're getting zero apologies because I still believe Kendra is that guy. Kevin, when I sent you this tweet, what did you think of it? Well, first off, for Nick here, he's at least doing something right. He is in the Scott Fishbowl. I am not, so shout out to Nick. But this is a really dumb tweet. I'm sorry. Uh, Just because we're going to bring in 40-year-old Kareem Hunt, who was washed, uh, to basically, I would say, just spell Alvin Kamara for his three weeks that he's out um has the two are just not even in any correlation whatsoever i mean these two are not related to one or the other um like you said kendra is absolutely a buy i'd say probably early season to mid season um every alvin kamara is probably gonna do alvin kamara things until he's hurt maybe who knows but 
Uh, yeah, this is just a bad tweet all around, man. Uh, the, the, saying that this is the proof that he's not the guy. So, I mean, people want running back depth, and you can see that around the NFL, you know, Marlon Mack. And they want cheap depth. Correct. And and you know this deal was going to be cheap. And first off, he didn't even sign with them because he apparently got offered more money in Indianapolis, got flown to Indianapolis, ended up not leaving with the deal. But he got word, I guess, as soon as he landed in New Orleans that basically, hey, the Colts are on the phone here too. Uh, but he did leave Indianapolis without a deal. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm sure that basically let's just get, let's get some three week insurance. Kareem Hunt's fine. Uh, cause we still want our three guys. And honestly, he's probably going to, if he were to sign or is going to sign with the saints, probably going to be inactive after week three anyway. Well, and, and cause he's not going to play special teams and Correct. neither is, and neither is Kendra Miller right. and the saints need to see what they have in Kendra Miller, or they got to draft someone else because, the Saints currently, as we speak right now on August 9th, are already over $85 million over next year's cap. They need a cheap running back. This will be Alvin Kamara's. I'm like 98% certain this will be his last year in New Orleans because they just simply can't afford him. You know, Jamal Williams will probably get cut or re reconfigured contract. So you need to see what you have in Kendra Miller because if he's not if 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 he ends up backdooring this and being right, and it has nothing to do with Kareem Hunt, it would be because he's just simply not good at football. Then they'll then they'll have to bring in another rookie because when you're eighty five million dollars over the cap right now, and you'll have people to re-sign and franchise tags, who knows what else rookie class to sign? They've got a lot of work to do to be able to get this thing under control and that will start with a cheap running back. So I want all the Kendra Miller we can get our hands on. For sure. Yeah. The same salary cap situation is crazy. If you look up Alvin Kamara's contract, it's it's hard to believe he actually makes that much money. Um, it's hard so to you, believe that they didn't force him into a restructure. Yeah, like Joe Mixon. Especially like. like like Joe Mixon. I mean the Saints clearly are huge fans of Alvin Kamara. Right. Because, again, all these running backs from 2017, I'll always say it's the greatest running back class of all time. Leonard Fournette, out of work. Kareem Hunt, out of work. Dalvin Cook, out of work. Joe Mixon took a pay cut. Aaron uh, Jones took a pay cut. Mm -hmm. It's it's just the way the running back position works. So for them to still pay him tells you they value him and what his role is going to be. But that could be Kendra's role next year. So that's why I don't necessarily agree with this tweet. I just thought it was a, as a good opportunity to hear my good friend, Dana White. Federal prison. Federal fucking prison. If you're that fucking... And you know, Dana, if, if, if you say something like that, Dana will send you to federal fucking prison. All right, so I've, I've got six. And we may get through two. We may get through four. Uh, I can assure you, you'll probably have to come back next Wednesday night with me, and we'll oh, or Thursday night, and we'll do this all over again for a bonus show next Friday. So these are underrated storylines that you're not hearing enough about in 2023. Now, would you say that there's not many more teams in the NFL more popular and or polarizing than the Dallas Cowboys? I'd say in all of sports, honestly. That's that's fair. The Yankees, the Lakers, yeah, exactly. the Cowboys, yep. you know, uh, what, Real Madrid maybe. Not a big soccer guy, but these are the ones that like pop into my mind when, when, I, when I think of, of like the franchises and other sports. Sure. And, and would you say that it feels like the, the Dallas Cowboys are thought of, of as like this high-powered offense 
that's going to put up a, a ton of fantasy points this year? I 100% do. They keep talking about how fast they're going to play, and uh, you know they just saw what the Eagles did to make their way to the Super Bowl and with a high-powered offense and playing quick like them. And Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Well, well here's some of the questions I ask you, because this is the thing, because it feels like Dallas is a C.D. Lamb injury away from being a very plodding offense. First of all, the defense is going to be really good. I think if you ask any non-fantasy gamer, uh, like an ex-player, an ex-GM, you know, anyone who really knows NFL, especially the, the defensive side of the ball, this is going to be one of the best defenses in football. And when you're a good defense and you can play with a lead, you tend to slow it down a little bit. I know what they're saying. I've lied to people before, too. But, but <laughs> right. are we sure that if, if C.D. Lamb get, gets injured, that I just I don't see a fantasy football bonanza under Mike McCarthy? And it doesn't feel like Malik Davis or Rico Dwaddle. I don't think they could be much less efficient than Zeke was last year. So from a between-the-tackles grinder standpoint, I think they'll be okay, but is is okay the goal? Now, I will say from a fantasy, like a seasonal and a dynasty standpoint, that I see a clear path where C.D. Lamb could lead the league in targets. Like if we look back a year from now and he's got 160, 170, 180 targets, I, and that's like I know that's more than 10 a game, guys. I, I'm not going to be shocked at all. Sure. Because look at what's around him. Look at the offense when, when when you look around the rest of the team. Dalton Schultz is gone. Yeah. So so I mean Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Turd Ferguson, Luke Schoonmaker. I mean. Can Tony Pollard handle the, the role? So the two dynasty-related questions that I, that I have that we're going to talk through on the Dallas Cowboys on this talking point is, is there another Dallas weapon you're looking to add cheap for this season, maybe beyond, and is now the optimal time, not now, but like once the season starts and he starts scoring points, is like week one, week two, week three in dynasty, is that the optimal time to start to consider a move of Tony Pollard? I would say so. Um, man, it's hard. It really pains me to answer that question. I am other worlds, uh, Tony Pollard truther. I've been on that for years. I traded, uh, I think, a third-round pick for him like two-plus seasons ago. Um, and I think the hype's going to get higher, so I don't think right now is necessarily the time to trade Tony Pollard, but I do think – very shortly that might be the time to cash out because um because i will say my main worry of him i'm not sure he can contain a full workload um he's never really gone under that um it's a lot but the thing is it's it's like we've always said you know if zeke gets out he's a top five running back uh not to bring up redraft on a dynasty show but it's weird how tony pollard's not really being drafted the way we've always talked about him if zeke is out we're almost baking in that cost of they're going to sign somebody like they're going to re-sign Zeke or whatever. Um, so I do think Tony Pollard's going to smash. Uh, I, uh, I'm a Tony Pollard owner in my main dynasty league. Honestly, I'm a contender in that league. I'm probably not doing anything this season. Um, but the smart play probably after he goes off for a little bit, you could almost probably even, I hate to say it. I don't want to say like a Christian McCaffrey ish, type profile because he's not the between the tackles guy as cmc i would say but yeah i think it is absolutely uh question for you what are your thoughts on um michael gallup how do you how do you feel about gallup 
Well, let me let me throw it to Gallup for you here in just a second. All right. But let me go to Tony Pollard. Well, everybody said if Zeke leaves, he has top five on the season upside. Well, he was sure. eighth last year. How high is high? And, and Dallas didn't extend him. He's playing on a one-year contract, you know, franchise tag. So they could run him into the ground. It's just that can he can he withstand the pounding of a feature back role? Is Dallas going to be smart enough to use him in the manner in which the Chargers use Austin Eckler? They could. But if they were planning on pounding the ball between the tackles and, and, and pounding the rock, they would have potentially re-signed Zeke, or they would have had Dalvin Cook in for a visit or Kareem Hunt in for a visit. I think from a seasonal perspective, via con Dios, go with God as it relates to Tony Pollard. But from Dynasty, which is what we do, Man, I'm going to look for that that week three cash out when like you've seen America's team because they have a couple of tough games to start the season, and I know they have like a like a sandwich spot in there with with Arizona, but I, I think you're going to get a nice opportunity. Who would I be looking to to get for him? I mean, it's going to come down if you're a contender. It's going to be hard to get away from Tony Pollard, but like, can I get like as like a, a middle of the road team? Like if I'm projected to finish like fifth or sixth can i get antonio gibson plus can i send pollard in a second for gibson in a first i want that 24 first and double that in a super flex and a, a tight end premium league given next year's draft class we talked about it a bunch yeah he is 26 which i think might kind of surprise people he he has been around for a while um he doesn't have many miles which i think is a benefit for him so i think he could maybe kind of last more this past the running back running back apex but um yeah i'm not completely sold that he is the the featured 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 guy but i will say i am oh, I, I, power I, pin. I, i'll disagree a little bit i think he's going to be the featured guy but i didn't realize he was 26 that is the age apex right for a running back and it's like is it just easier for dallas to let him go and draft a rookie next year so remember this is dynasty this is not seasonal you know, fantasy football, he's been in the league for five years. Yep. You know, that that's going to stun some people. And to his credit, you know, he's been mostly healthy most of most of his games. He's played 54 of a possible 69 career games. Pretty good. I'll, I'll give him that. It's pretty good. He's been very efficient. I'm just looking for the big cash out. That's and it. I'm just I'm just looking for the the big cash out. Go ahead. Another thing, he is coming off injury as well. So, um, and 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 that's the thing. It's like, and, and Dallas yeah. has no reason to, to conserve or make him last a long time. I'd be going into twenty twenty four with what could be a soon to be twenty eight year old running back that I could have cashed out for. Now, if I give up the next Austin Eckler, well, then I screwed up. But the odds of that happening are always going to, I don't know, not not be against me. I guess the odds of him firing to an Eckler level, given his age and experience, the offense, all the intangibles, his contract, the odds of that biting me in the ass are slim to none. Now your question about Michael Gallup. I mean, he's, he's tried and, and he's actually the player that that's been in the league five years. I was looking at the wrong cowboy. Um, Tony Pollard's only been in the league four years. Right. So, so, so I, I want to correct myself there. Tony Pollard, has not played 69 or 54 of a possible 69 games. That's Gallup. With the, with the year he missed the most games was the ACL. He would be the one Cowboy I would want if C.D. Lamb got hurt. And I know what the, the casual listener is going to say, but Memphis, what about Brandon Cooks? 
I get it. Dude, dude comes to town, gets you a thousand yards. But he Michael Gallup, the, the, the thing that we have gotten away from in Dynasty, and it's odd, is that we forget that it's the second year removed from the ACL tear, especially a midseason ACL tear where like guys really tend to blow up. Yep. You know, this was the blow up year for Cooper Cup. You know, he tore his ACL, came back and had a fine year, and then came back and had a monster year. I'm expecting a monster year this year from Chris Godwin. And if we look back and Michael Gallup in this offense for a number of reasons, either because he inherits the larger share of the work left behind by Dalton Schultz, because defenses start trying to take C.D. Lamb away a little bit more here and there. If you told me the one beneficiary of all of this was actually Michael Gallup and not Brandon Cooks, I'm going to be 0% surprised, and he's the cheapest option. So when there's, sure. ambigu- when there's ambiguity in a pass-catching group or a running back group, Always give me the cheaper option because I don't know that I really want to play Jake Turd Ferguson in my tight end slot, at least until I see what, 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 what's going on with him in that role. Brandon Cooks is fine. What's his rapport look like with Dak? You know, this is very similar to Robert Woods last year with Ryan Tannehill and the gang in, in Tennessee. You know, these it's not always one-to-one. So I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a guy that we, we, we've seen good years out of. We've seen an 1,100-yard, six-touchdown season out of Michael Gallup. And you can get that guy dirt cheap right now, and he's literally hitting. He's Right now, today, he is 27 years old and 158 days. He's literally, literally 27 and a half years old. And if, and if he bounces back, the knee looks great, he has a good year, 0% surprised, and he's practically free. He should be like the number one or a top add-on in any like trade you're trying to get done. That's what I see, Michael Gal. Does it does that answer your question, sir? It does. And I, I think you make a great point with like saying, you know, the year after the injury. So like he comes back last year, he's still kind of unsure of himself. He's not fully like, you know, even his cuts are not feeling super great. Uh this year, you know, he's back to normal. And I think that that the mentalness, I guess, behind it as well is a big part of players and no, I totally agree. I think that's something that, you know, we should look forward to this year for sure. Um, so you're, so you're basically out on Jake Ferguson, you would say. I'm not out. If I've already got him, I'm not selling. So for me, he's a hold or maybe I'm kicking the tires on a buy. Definitely not selling. We have seen too much upside for the last 15 years. Going back to Jason Witten, we've seen too much upside with this Dallas Cowboys tight end. Dak likes using the tight end. I'm I'm not moving him. I'm not paying and getting off my skis, but I'm he's a hold by cheap, definitely not a sell. I'm holding all any and all Dallas Cowboys until someone sets themselves apart as the guy to have. I actually had Jake Ferguson on my waiver wire and my pick him like, up. I did. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> I mean, very rarely in like a 25 man roster league are you ever gonna find uh, a guy with that kind of upside because yeah, Dalton Schultz last year, like, like the last two years was a top eight tight end, yep. which is not saying a lot, but top 10 in any positions still helpful, especially with the injury bug. He He's never satisfied. So, all right, let's go to my next underreported training camp story. Uh, Miami, you know, big, big things expected out of Miami this year, but Miami didn't do anything to improve their offensive line. And that offensive line finished 22nd last year per PFF. And they didn't just get Tua hurt. 
Teddy KGB, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt there too. You know, you know, Tua had multiple concussions, but on October 9th, Teddy KGB, he got a concussion too. Now, I understand concussions are random, and but this is an, just another example of not just Tua. This is maybe this is actually a, a pro Tua take that Tua is not like not durable. Well, he's not durable, but it's that Teddy also got hurt playing behind this line. And their big moves to help the offensive line was a seventh rounder out of Michigan, Ryan Hayes. And then they signed Isaiah Wynn post draft. So, and arguably, arguably their best offensive lineman, Teron Armstead. He's just now coming off the pup. I believe today, Wednesday, August 9th, was his first practice. Yep. So all of this leads me to ask you a couple of questions, okay? Do you see more of an emphasis this year on the running game now that it's uh, McDaniels? It's McDaniel, but when it's plural, it's McDaniels, second year. Uh, and they also finished in the bottom 10% of the league in rushing last year, which is odd considering he was the run game guru yeah. uh, of the San Francisco 49ers. But they finished in the bottom 10%. I think it was 29th or 30th in the league last year in rushing attempts and rushing yards. And is this the last attempt to get Devon A-Chain cheap? Or would you rather on a contender, instead of paying up to get Devon A-Chain, would you rather take like one last cheap shot on a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr.? So two-parter there. So I think... Do we see more running? And which running back do you want in Dynasty? Of course. For 2023. So first off, I love Mike McDaniel. I think he's a brilliant dude. I really enjoy him. I think he's a great coach. Uh, I think the reason behind their passing so much last year, and I would even specifically say quick passing, was because their offensive line was so bad. Uh, Brandon Thorne, uh, fancy football guy, specifically offensive line guru, uh, has him ranked as their 25th uh, 25th best, I guess you could call it. <laughs> uh, 25th overall offensive line going into the season, which uh, and then in positional spending rank, they've actually that's in spent the, the that's in the bottom quartile. Correct. So they're they're not they're not good, and like you said, they're banged up. Um, I think that's why they pass so much. I think he basically is like, look, we have the fastest guys. Let's just get it out quick. Let's just let them run in space. I also think that's another reason why they d- d- drafted Devon A Chain. Lightning fast. I mean, otherworldly fast with these guys, Raheem Mostert included. Um, so to answer your question, I'm not honestly sure if they're going to run too much more, especially how it, I would argue it worked very well last year. Um, to say I think this is the last chance to get Devon A. Chain cheap, absolutely. Um, I think basically he's become a discount right now because there's been Dalvin Cook talks, uh, other running back talks, mostly Dalvin though. Um, I think that that's kind of been baked in his cost. Like, uh, we don't really trust him yet, but camp reports have been phenomenal for Devon a chain. Uh, both their superstars are raving on him, both Waddle. And I think Tyreek Hill were saying this guy is just lightning. This guy can do it all. And they were even saying he's an all purpose back, like, you know, all three downs is a smaller guy, but he was also do- doing very well in pass pro. Um, so I think this is your last chance to get him cheap because I think once we kind of get rolling here and, and, and it is just Raheem Mostert and Jeff Jeff Wilson, uh, I, I think we're going to be surprised. Or don't be surprised, I think, if it's his backfield. Um, of course, I always worry a little bit about from coming home from the Shanahan tree where it's going to be a kind of a messy trio. Um, and I guess a roundabout way to answer your second question, Jeff Wilson 
if someone's like throwing him in there, I think the person probably as Jeff Wilson's like, they drafted a rookie, whatever. Like, I think the value is pretty low on those guys. Um, personally, I, I actually think Raheem Mostert's the, the value in the backfield, but. Um, yeah, but he's the 10 man. Well, no, I'm sorry. He's Mr. Glass. He's made out he of is. like, he, he's made out, like he's, he may be hurt now. Hold on. Yeah, he, he very well could have got hurt right there in, in, that, in that brief moment in, in time. I think if you're looking for the between-the-tackles grinder type guy, maybe the goal line guy, it'll be Jeff Wilson Jr. But I agree it's, there. It's, it's going to be, if you want explosive plays, I think you'll see more over the course of the next couple of years, you'll see more of this Austin Eckler archetype, archetype that is just really going to take over the league. Christian yeah. McCaffrey, Austin, uh, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, um, what's his name? The other gentleman, um, Alba Kamara. These guys that can be lined up as weapons. And when fast people say you're fast, right? You're fast yes. because <laughs> when, when Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill say, "Hey, you're fast and you're yeah. explosive and, and you're a baller," you know what they say? Game recognizes game. It doesn't take much. So if if he was going, if he being Devon A. Chain was going for seconds in rookie drafts this year, like you know, and, and I'm really referring to like ADP super flex tight end premium type drafts of course then would you give up two seconds which like you give up like you're 24 and 25 that feels pretty pretty close where I'm like thinking about it I think I do there because I'm not giving I up do. my first I'm not Correct. giving up my first I don't think Devon a chain especially in super flex and tight end premium I do not think that he is worth a a first but if I give up my 24 and my 25 first, especially if it helps me get extra points in my lineup, maybe like in a start 10, start 12 dynasty league, yep. I, I'm, I'm all in. Because we said the other day on the on the big show, the one that you produced, it's like it's going to be so much easier over the course of the next 20 months because that's how far the 2025 rookie drafts are away. Yeah. It's going to be so much easier to recoup that 25 second in, in, in another future deal. So if I can land a guy that, could be explosive, that is explosive, could be explosive on one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Like he's a guy, he could take like a four-yard little swing pass and take it to the house. Yeah, any any play, any play. So I, I, Back to your trade, yeah. I mean, he was going early second, most super flex drafts, like late first sometimes. Um, yeah, if you can kind of flip that for two seconds uh, in the future, like you said, if you really need to recoup them, you can. And, and how I always look at it, it's better to get the player in there you can always try to trade stuff to get those picks back and you can always trade future picks to get more pick. Like use your future capital, man, to, to kind of take a shot guys. Specifically. I say that you like, I, I love Devon Chain. Well, I, and, and don't hear what I'm not saying, but Devon a chain gives you a similar ceiling. His floor is not as good, mm. but he gives you a similar ceiling to Jamar to, to Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's as likely. I'm not saying the, the the percentage chance is as high. I'm not saying that. But when you talk about like the, the athlete, the way the role could shake out, that's the range of outcomes. But you're not getting Jameer Gibbs for two seconds. No question. <laughs> you're, definitely you're, 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 you're just not. No. And, and, and in a vacuum, I know the, the Lions offense was really good last year under Ben Johnson. But is there that big of a difference between the offenses in Miami and Detroit? I'd argue Detroit actually has more, more yards and, and the ability to score more fantasy points, but the better ballers are in Miami. 
It's way more probably consolidated in Miami, you know. Yes, yeah. there's a lot of fantasy points there too, but they're really consolidated to a couple of guys. Right. So I, I think he's he's got a long runway. Last question about Miami with this as it relates to his offensive line. Are we going to get a small sell window onto it? Like if you're someone who's very pessimistic, you know, I, I see Benjamin Paul in the in the chat. Um, talking about Tua bulked up. Not only did he did he bulk up and do yoga, he did jujitsu to kind of get into like you know where, where they take you down. I mean, it, it, I think it's a lot easier to find a jujitsu class in 2023 than it is to find like a like a wrestling class. Like you learn how to wrestle in like elementary or middle school or, or whatever. Sure. I wrestled in high school, but like jujitsu, it's a great way to learn how to get taken down, how to fall. Um, those mats help. But yes, th- th- there is a thing. But if you're someone who's the ultimate to a pessimist, and maybe you have him as like a QB two, is this going to give you a good opportunity to cash out on him and maybe move in a different direction if you just don't feel safe with I would him long term in dynasty? For sure, yeah. I mean, I think the concussion concern is very real. Uh, I do think his value's a little hit because I think people are like they they kind of know that, but when people see results and I believe there will be results. Um, they kind of forget about that. And I think you can kind of sell pretty high, especially and if you are the Tua, you know, manager and you're like, I I I don't know right now. Like it could happen. Like it's like things just like that. Uh so yes, I do think there's definitely gonna be a sell high window for sure. And I probably would cash out on that. Yeah, and it's not that I don't like Tua. I I mean, I've never been a huge Tua guy. But I have to be very honest in that Tua, when he's playing in this offense, is a top eight point scorer. Absolutely. Now, now, is it repeatable? Is it sustainable over a long period of time? I don't know. Uh, I'm glad he's taken precautions in in whatever manner and fashion that he can. But I, I pulled him up. So per player profiler, our good friends over at player profiler, he is QB 17 in a dynasty startup. Okay, I think that has a lot baked in with his injury history because from a talent standpoint, I would rather have, I'll be honest, I'm going to say it right here, right now on a bonus show with with producer Kevin. Are you ready, producer Kevin? Always ready. ready. Always ready. Okay, you guys know I'm not a Tua fan, right? I would rather have Tua than Kyler Murray right now. Oh, yeah. I I, I said what I said, and, and Kyler Murray is projected as the ninth best uh, quarterback in a startup per playerprofiler.com. I would rather have Tua over Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, and yeah. Bryce Young. Those are all three guys that are ahead of Tua in their di- in the dynasty rankings at Player Profiler. I mean, I love Player Profiler. I don't agree with everything they put out, and I would definitely take him ahead of those guys, even with the injury risk baked in. That's fun. I like that. I I, I have Dak in two of my main dynasty leagues. And I'm not saying I would take Tua, but it makes me think like eventually I might, if, if Tua can kind of continuously do this and he's a little younger, I might like lean to a little bit. Dak just is a very frustrating, he's just, he's consistent, but it's just like not overwhelming. I think at least when I acquired him a couple of years ago, I think my expectations for him were a little higher. He was also like a top five quarterback in dynasty because he was younger and exciting offense, but to me, he's been pretty disappointing. All right. Well, let's do one more because we're already more than 36 minutes in and we've still got four more of these off-season stories, but they're not going anywhere. Nothing's going to change and we're not going anywhere. So, Kevin, we'll come back next next week and we'll do the other three. How about that? 
Sounds good. But let me do a quick word for our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Now, uh, been doing this for a few years now. We've had a tremendous group of supporters. And you may ask, hey, what do I get if I become a patron? First of all, you get the, the Wednesday shirt show early and ad-free. So as soon as we get done with it, I upload it. I edit out the commercials. How rare is that? I pull out the commercials and I upload it without the commercials, as well as our overtime. You oversee the overtime. It's a little 10, 8 to 10-minute 10 segment that we do. I include that also ad-free. Um, the other day, I spent 10 minutes on the phone with a patron walking through a trade. It's all included. The group chat, it's included. What we do with the patron is that it keeps the lights on. It keeps a separate stream yard. Uh, and, and I think that's the best value in fantasy football. Five bucks a month. Like It's like check gas prices near you. It's a gallon of gas. Literally a <laughs> gallon of gas. Um, if, if, if you feel like uh, joining, it's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And if you have any questions, you can hit me up. So let's jump into uh, one last one. Uh, I've got so many good ones here. Let's go Tennessee. Let's go Tennessee Titans. And I think Tennessee sees themselves as a contender. They should. And, and I think that we're not going to see Will Levis until this time next year. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think, you know, one of the other ones I wanted to talk about was Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. I think Tennessee's actually doing the smart thing. They've got 2024 already figured out the quarterback position. Now, unless Tannehill stinks, gets hurt, and he has to play the whole season and they see something that just doesn't work out for them. But Tennessee has been very proactive with their quarterback position for the last couple of drafts. Took a shot on Malik Willis. He's not a quarterback. Probably doubt we see much of him in the NFL going forward, barring a position change. But Tennessee's already $47 million to the good next year. We mentioned earlier in the show that New Orleans already out there on the credit card, $85 million in the hole next year. Yeah. And, and Tennessee's $47 million to the good. Uh, it's the last year of cash or dead cap money on Ryan Tannehill's contract. Next year, they can get out of his deal for $9 million bucks. It's nothing. It's not a lot of money. And I believe we're a year away from seeing one of the, I don't want to say best, but I want to say one of the most interesting young cores in the NFL with a core of Levis, Aconquo, Burks, and Tajay Spears. Now, could they add to it? Sure they could. Could they be players and a free agent quarterback like Kirk Cousins next year? They could, but I doubt it. I absolutely doubt it because if they wanted a 35-year-old Kirk Cousins, wouldn't they just extend or re-sign Ryan Tannehill for another year or two, but I do believe they see themselves as contenders, but Ryan Tannehill has been hurt. And I, I think that you're going to have to wait. Uh, it could be a Jordan love situation. I don't think it'll be that many years, but if mid season, someone starts getting antsy and let's say maybe you have a uh, trying to think of like a backup style, like maybe you have a Sam Howell and he's just like middling along, or maybe you have Jacoby Brissett. And the Sam Howell GM needs Jacoby Brissett because he had been banking or she had been banking on Sam Howell. And maybe you can get out of Jacoby Brissett and you could be like, hey, if I add a second to Jacoby, can I get Will Levis? And you might get someone to make like a bad panic deal like that. And then you can just sit on Will Levis because Tennessee, even if they're bad, aren't going to be draft a first round quarterback bad. Right. And they've got reason to see what they've got in Will Levis because this head coach and this GM drafted him. So with all that being said, do you see any real buys or sells 
on the Tennessee Titans going into the 2023 season from a dynasty standpoint? I'm more a hold. Um, I th- I think that they drew are correct. I think they definitely are a contender. Uh, they're not favorited in the AFC South. The Jaguars are, but uh, they should see themselves. They they have a decent defense. Uh, I think though, with them signing Hopkins, uh, that absolutely flags. Hey, we're we're here contending. Um, their schedule is very favorable. I think that's very big. Um, so I think the schedule is going to help them this year, which I think is going to help Tannehill as well and the other assets. Um, I love Aconquo. Love him. He is a freak athlete. Um, it really, I was really looking forward to this season. I, I'm a few shares of Aconquo. So I was really sad to see when they signed Hopkins. I think that does hurt him a little bit. Uh, but it makes them better as a whole. Like you said, that signing also definitely pushes Levis back a year, I think, unless we're seeing some injuries. Um, I personally, I'm not very excited about this offense. I just don't really like, I I have DeAndre Hopkins in my main dynasty league and I'm not excited. I'm not thrilled about it. I think we'll be fine. I think you know what you're going to get, but it's not going to be super exciting. Uh, And I think that, you know, they're still a run heavy team. Uh, side note, Brandon Thorne also has them as the 32nd best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, for those keeping score at home, that is the worst in the NFL. Uh, they beat, uh, drafted, uh, Peter Skaronsky, uh, as their first round pick who is good. Uh, but he also immediately becomes their best offensive lineman. Um, I'm a little worried about the, the Titans, to be honest with you. Um, I think they're just good, like just Okay. And they they haven't been fa- uh, fancy friendly really for years, other outside of Derrick Henry. Uh, so personally, I'm kind of more you know if someone is a little excited about Traylon Burks, a little more excited than I am. I think I am a sell because uh, I was really looking forward to this year for him, and I think you know the Hopkins move absolutely presses down on his uh, potential here this year. So. You could also argue that it kind of gives it opens up a buy window for Traylon Burks as well. I'm probably not buying him, like I said, uh, but if you're thinking long term, I think it's really a good time to buy Traylon Burks. Yeah, I, I'm gonna wait because I think Traylon Burks is gonna get hot. So if you want to get Burks, I get in right now. Okay, so I'm looking because now I'm adding the element of their schedule to this conversation. They start off at the Saints. Tough, tough, tough place to play in New Orleans. Then they play the Chargers, then the Browns, then the Bengals. Winnable game with the Colts. They play the Ravens, uh, Falcons, Steelers, Buccaneers, Jags. I mean, the schedule gets light later in the season when they go Panthers, Colts. Dolphins are a good team. Texans, Seahawks, Texans, uh, Jaguars. So did so you the, see their, their playoff schedule? So weeks 15 through 17? Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty juicy. pretty pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, at home to Seattle, Texans twice. So for all you redraft gamers, uh, Derrick Henry looking pretty good. I, for me, the guy that I'm looking to buy is Levis and Superflex because I think you're going to get the discount right now. Yep. Yep. Um, he would be my number one buy. I'd also look at Tajay Spears. Yeah. I really will. Now, again, you're going to say, but Memphis, he's got the conge- you know, the, 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 the defect in his knee, and there's no – I don't care. Running backs, you know, Matt Kelly, the podfather, and I on the Sunday show a couple of weeks ago, I think we created how we're handling dynasty at the running back position going forward is I'm going to do like basically hero RB. 
You know, I'm going to try to have an Eckler, uh, a big point scorer, and then just surround that guy with a bunch of guys. You know, reach for, you know, Rashad White and maybe the next Rashad White, which could be Roshan Johnson, guys like that. And then really load up at the wide receiver position because I'm going to be flipping a lot of my premium running backs to premium wide receivers of equal value. It's kind of how I think I think I'm going to be doing it going forward until the market turns again. But really, the, the the Titan that I'm buying is Will Levis. If I could like flip a middling like veteran tight end for like like if Irv Smith gets off to a hot start Sweet. and Chig Conquo gets off to a, a slow start, can I flip those two? I see Irv finally breaking out. Yeah, okay. I will say Tennessee has had a good track record of using the tight end. I'm so, a buy on Chig for sure. Chig, I, I'm, I'm going to say my number one's Levis. My number two is Chig. I think Burks right now is fairly valued. I, I see the opportunity. But I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is the long-term answer. And how many times do we have to see the 31-year-old wide receiver fail yeah. before we realize it's a fail? I mean, he's the alpha in waiting, Burks. I'm not sure I'm sold I on him. So. I, I don't. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't really see it. I don't this love time. how he plays the game, but man, I, I don't know. I, I'm. He is the first player in a long time to have me twisted up like a pretzel. Yeah, I can make 97 reasons why I wouldn't touch Traylon Burks with a 10 foot pole, and I can make 97 reasons why I think he's an absolute buy and going to absolute smash. I. I, I have. It's been a long time since I've been this perplexed about a guy in Dynasty because usually I see it and I say it. I know exactly how I feel, but I know how I feel, but I know what I see. I know what the value in the market is. He's probably a hold for me. He's a hold. If I could get him in the right deal, I would be interested, but I'm definitely not selling. Too young, too talented, too much uh, draft capital. One of the things I do have as a concern is that Rand Carthen, the GM in Tennessee, didn't draft him. And I think you ever heard of like misplaced anger? Yeah. I, I think Traylon Burks unfairly at times gets misplaced anger directed at him by by Mike Vrabel because he looks at him and sees the screw up of the previous GM for trading AJ Brown. Oh yeah, it's not Traylon's fault. You know, he he just is like, oh, hey, yeah. I, I, I'm just showing up to work trying to do my job. But every time Mike Vrabel sees him, he just sees the guy that cost him AJ Brown. I mean, Even it was a one for one deal. It was literally just him. L- literally one, one for one. one. And, and and I just feel like sometimes Traylon gets unfairly. I don't know, man. Just just a weird guy. But by Chig, yeah. by Levis, hold, hold slash buy cheap on Burks. And look to get cheap Tajay Spears. The schedule is going to dictate a lot of passing, yeah, more volume than typical because you know that's the other narrative we got to talk through. Is you said earlier they're a running team. Well, yep. you can't run when you're getting beat. Correct. And if you're getting beat because you're you're losing games to the Bengals and the Chargers and the Saints and the Browns and the Steelers are better and the Jaguars twice. All of a sudden, you see where there might be eight, ten games where they're playing from behind and having to pass more. You just can't smash them with Derrick Henry. Plus, they're a very top-heavy team, and they they have kind of like the Rams almost. Remember a couple of years ago, the Rams were really good, won the Super Bowl, yep. and it was really a, around Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, 
man, you start looking at it, it's like Jeffrey Simmons, Ryan Tannehill, and you start Derrick Henry, and you start realizing there's only three or four guys that are really super talented. And the loss of any of those guys really could bring this thing down like a house of cards. So if you're interested in Titans, I say get in now. Do you think there is a world that they would flip Tannehill to Levis during the season just on pure play? A hundred percent, because if you're not going to win this division, and I mean, I've talked at nauseum about Caleb Williams and Drake May. Sure. Uh, Quinn Ewers is going to be in this draft class potentially. Uh, a couple other quarterbacks, you know, you never know who's going to, you know, come out. Remember the, the tank for two a year. It was all about Tua, and then, you know, because that's what you're going to hear all season about Caleb Williams. Yep. And, and then you had a guy named Justin Herbert and a guy named Joe Burrow pop in that draft class. So those are just the guys that we know. So if you're Tennessee and maybe you're trending toward another top 11, top 12, top 13 pick, and you could be in play for one of those QBs, wouldn't you want to take like an eight-game, nine-game sample and see what you got with Will Levis? Do you have the guy of the future? knowing there's a big quarterback class coming up ahead, or do you want to risk it and keep trying to push a, a boulder up the hill with Ryan Tannehill? I think there's a real opportunity. And then for Will Levis, you mentioned that schedule earlier. There could be a world where Will Levis coming down the back end of the season, let's say starting around Thanksgiving, yeah, plays the Panthers, plays the Colts, plays the Dolphins, the Texans twice, the Seahawks, and the Jaguars. Yeah. And he could have a nice little run given the the opponents in a seven to eight game stretch. The back half of the schedule is very, very good. You know, like very you favorable. Very, very favorable. favorable. I can see a world where they're probably a little too good to just make the switch. I think I think they're just gonna be flirting around there and they'll probably be like, Yeah, we, we need to stick with Ryan. I, I that's the world I see. I do think there's a chance, obviously, but I, well, you I know, think... Tua has always been called, you know, injury prone. Ryan Tannehill, not the healthiest guy around. There's a reason sure. he's not in Miami anymore. Sure. You know, he, he was hurt ACLs and all these other injuries. But look at this, man. We're like almost an hour in, and we've only talked about three teams. So we're definitely coming back. We're coming back next Thursday. Let's, uh, let's hit him with what we call a tease here in the industry. So teams we're going to be discussing uh, next week by, uh, by color. We'll go with two purple teams. Both the purple teams, we're going to go Vikings and Ravens. And we're also going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. So two that are purple, two are in the AFC North. Two teams in the North, all three teams in the North. Northern so these, the, the, these are the, the, the storylines that we've not quite dove into from a dynasty standpoint that maybe we can find some pockets of value. So we talked a little Michael Gallup. We talked Will Levis. Um, you know, we were out here tonight. We talked Tua, we talked Devon A. Chain, Jeff Wilson Jr. This is the undercover stuff that you get for tuning into the Dynasty War Zone because you get the bonus shows. You get the bonus shows, you get to hang out with producer Kevin on the player profiler Sunday night show. We lock him in the cage, we 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 put him in the back, we don't let him on the main feed. Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll bring you on, Kev. That'd be cool. I mean, we we could totally do that. We could I could just pull. pop on without even you knowing. That, really, that, that, that is true. That that <laughs> is true because you do have producer controls. So, um, let's get out of here. We'll come back next week. We'll do it again. You free next week? 
Always three. Let's no, no, no Phillies games. So for those that made it to the end here, you know, we started a couple of minutes late because producer Kevin was watching the Phillies throw a no hitter. Little baseball guy. First time since 2015. Uh, it's been a while, man. So I, uh, I texted Memphis. I'm like, run a little bit late. I, I couldn't say nothing. I mean, it was for you baseball fans out there. You can't just say, it's Hey, there's bad luck. Yeah. So I was like, I can't even say why. I was just like, I'll be there. I'll just be yeah, there. Yeah, I was you, like, you were very secretive. And then, <laughs> then all of a sudden in, in like the text message, you're like, Hey, Phillies is though a new hitter. So, yeah. hey, I, I get it. Uh, my team actually, not my team, uh, but the team my son was on last year got no hit. So I've been on the wrong end of a no hitter this year. But we'll be back next week. We'll do it again. Three more storylines with me and producer Kevin. But that'll be on Friday. And speaking of Fridays, this Friday, Seth and Kyle, the fantasy football fellas, will be back again for some more redraft goodness. Seth and Kyle doing the reunion tour the entire month of August getting you guys ready for redraft. And uh, yeah, man, we're out of here. Until next time, on behalf of producer Kevin, I am Memphis. Remember, here at the DWZ, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. See you guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak